Welcome, welcome to Love Your Falva, a podcast on healing the wounds of the past and coming into your best today by being liberated from the power that the past can have over your life and the decisions that you make today that when accumulated end up becoming your life. And this happens without you being conscious of it. So my aim is to bring more awareness and consciousness of how the past steers the present and how we can use it to our advantage rather than the opposite, rather than being led by it unconsciously. Love Your Falva is all about your inner masculine and feminine energy dynamics and how they show up in your external reality, meaning how they affect all your relationships. That's your relationships with family members, friends, romantic partners, lovers, colleagues, strangers, money, job, creative pursuits, the food you eat, and how you treat and take care of your own body, and everything else in your life. Okay. We are back with part two of how to heal the father wound and the story continues with the intention that this particularly sacred plot twist will touch, inspire, or instill some healing in your beautiful inner world. So hand on heart, deep breath in, set the intention to receive what you need and slow breath out. Once upon a time, the girl in our story, after a wretched breakup abroad in a strange country, returned to her parents' home after just under a decade of living away. Her mom opened the door, her eyes widening in disbelief at the sight of her gaunt face. She welcomed her hurriedly inside as it was past midnight and her father was asleep in the bedroom. And she said to her to settle in and that they talk the next day, when the adventures of living again under one roof with mom and dad would begin, after being seemingly so very much independent for so long. About a month into staying with them, determined to experience Islam for herself, detached from any agenda or person or expectation, she began to gain her father's sympathies as he watched her fast and pray and even attend a sermon at the local mosque with him on Friday. She really made an effort to understand his belief system the very thing she had been so adamantly against and had fought with throughout her whole life. He watched her make every effort to understand it, and so he began to slowly and slightly open up. So one night, she felt ready to talk. In fact, she felt so ready to talk, she put her foot down, convinced it was finally time to speak face-to-face about everything that had come to pass between her and her father. She sat on the armchair in the living room imploring her mother to please convince dad to come talk to her. Ah, mom. (laughs) Always the mediator between the children and their father. Mom went to him, came back to her limping as she had a bad knee. 
She asked her daughter to forget it, as her father wasn't in the right headspace for this. But her daughter refused to accept and said she would sit there until he would show up for his prayers in the morning if she had to wait until the morning. Mom limped back to him and returned to announce that he'd be out in a few minutes after finishing his prayers. Dad walked into the living room calmly and sat with poise on the large sofa, one arm stretching almost halfway across the backrest. (laughs) Dad, he has gloriously long arms that stretch out like an eagle's wings. Your mother says you wish to speak with me, he said. He was poised, but clearly nervous. This man was courageously throwing himself into the unknown of listening to a daughter for the first time. He was well aware he was being confronted by his rebel of a daughter, the outspoken one, the one he had the most conflict with, the one he had cursed through clenched teeth years ago because she was so set in her own ways, because she refused to stay quiet about her conversion to another religion in a country where that could mean the death sentence. Finally, the time had arrived for them to face each other, openly, and without censorship. So she began, and he listened, sometimes clenching his teeth and blushing beet red. Their roles would change, and she would be flushed with anger. Slowly a quiet conversation turned into an altercation, voices raising over each other, faces reddening, dad pacing, daughter crying, dad wanting to abandon the scene, daughter yelling at him for wanting to do so, dad hearing and returning to the sofa, and finally, a breakthrough. Silence. The two thinking quietly as new perspectives begin to find their ways through thick armors. An unspoken understanding hovered between them, and this was the understanding that they needed to process a lot. <laughs> so they said goodnight awkwardly, wobbling their way back to their rooms without a hug or even a handshake even avoiding each other for the rest of the night. You know, for brushing their teeth, or using the bathroom, or getting some water from the kitchen. For example, she would listen for when he was done with the bathroom, and then run into the bathroom herself. Hmm. In the days ahead, she was noticeably depressed. This hadn't helped much, so... Mom and Dad decided to give her the job of driving the three of them to the town famous for its hot spring resorts. They had hoped the pungent sulfuric water would cleanse her body and perhaps with it bring some ease and healing to her mind and heart. Her mind, well, her mind was going insane, thinking about all the things she had done wrong, all the ways she had let her father down, all the ways she had let herself down, all the loss, the consequences, the punishment she felt life was dishing out to her. She felt force-fed by life, and she didn't feel like she was herself. Well, if she wasn't herself, who was she then? It was insufferable. And no matter what mom and dad tried to do to help her, it seemed useless. On the way back, lo and behold, a fight broke out between her and her father. She was triggered. Bad. Stop the car! Stop the car! I need air! I need to get out now! 
Her dad pulled over and hit the brakes. She flung open the door and ran into the desert. She could hardly see her feet flying over the thorn bushes that dotted the desert she was running through. Running, running, running. And finally, she stood there, breathing heavily, staring into the barrenness of the land stretching before her. She was sweating. It was hot, arid, dry. But the desert heat was nothing compared to the anger inside. Her head was spinning and her heart felt like it had divided into miniature hearts beating in sync in her temples, her fingertips, her feet, her throat, the back of her head, and of course, pounding ceaselessly in her chest. So she let out a loud roar of anger. I mean, what better place than here in the desert? When she caught her breath, she turned around and walked back to the car. Mom, silent as it gets, Dad, clenching the wheel, waiting. He started with, you, but she interrupted him. Before you ever accuse me of anything else ever again, remember, I am the product of your making. Dad's back slouched. He sneezed three times, each time slouching a bit more. His face drooped physically, literally. He became sick in a matter of three sneezes. His daughter watched him put the gear stick into gear in the slowest motion she had ever seen him move. Complete silence permeated the car until they got home. And when they got home, he fell ill, bedridden, for an entire month, sick, dribbling, sneezing, and unable to function beyond the bed and bathroom. Any rare occasion that they bumped into each other, there was nothing but a humble smile from him. Once he had recovered enough, an occasion happened where she sat in the kitchen and he in the round hall, surrounded by pillars that led to the living room and a most natural conversation struck between them, where he openly began to explain why he had conducted his life the way he had, and what his intentions had been. His daughter bit her tongue, listening intently, full focus, zoomed into every word, and she began to see his world a miracle happened. She began to feel deep compassion for a person sitting in front of her who was not just her father, but a person with a story, a past, a childhood, his own set of traumas, beliefs, and convictions. Convictions so deep that they defined who he was and all his decisions that actually came from his definition of love. And who was she to judge this all to be any less than what she defined as love? She was dazed. She was seeing him for who he was and his reality for what it was for the first time in her life. And her heart melted. Now she understood. And now she couldn't help but defend him. 
but to stay out of the blame game in her family. Now it wasn't about blame or who's the culprit or whose fault everything was. Sweet Jesus, let's be done with that. Now it was, everyone, I have news. This man means well. Sweet Lord Jesus in heaven, I get him. And all I want to do is love him for what he is. Only a couple of days later, she got sick. Food poisoning. Dairy. She fell so ill, she couldn't stop throwing up. Even though her father was still trying to regain his own energy, he took her to the hospital. They put her on a wheelchair. She fell to the floor as soon as they got there, on all fours, throwing up. There was nothing left in her stomach, and she felt as though her eyeballs were fighting to leap out of their sockets. They took a blood sample and told her father, Sir, if this infection has gotten into her bloodstream, it can be fatal. Hmm. You might know already that this girl was me. I remember it like it was yesterday. I believed that my time had finally arrived. I was, I was ready to go, so I, I just surrendered. And soon I passed out until I awoke with a sudden jolt in my body that yanked me off of my stretcher and had me throwing up air and ungodly noises, and perhaps my eyeballs soon. After the spasms were over, I flopped back onto the stretcher, and I could see from the corner of my eye in the hall my father, exhausted, dehydrated, and foaming at the mouth, pale, frantically going from one doctor to another with the papers in his hands, imploring them, My daughter, my daughter, please help her. Uh, are the results of these tests ready yet? Can somebody help me? We need, we need these results soon. Can you please help me, sir? Even though numb in my body, I felt a hot tear trickle down my temple. And he made his way toward me, and right when he entered the room, I gagged noisily and started throwing up air and noise into the bag again. He sat on the stretcher next to me, placed his great big palm on my back, and he began to stroke my back for the first time ever, saying, I'm here, Hoda. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. My entire body all of a sudden grew warm, and the gagging stopped. The nurse stepped in just minutes later with the results. The infection wasn't in my blood. I was, though, bedridden for a week, and once out of bed again, I was passing through the round hall when my dad, who was sitting on one of the chairs behind a pillar, suddenly said, Do you know something, Hoda? Sometimes I question God. At that, I stopped frozen in my spot. Dad never questions God. Dad's faith in the God of his religion, the all-knowing, omniscient, omnipotent God, the God of his upbringing, is adamantly strong. I'm sure you can relate, dear listener, if your dad has held some stubborn beliefs, religious or not. So I turned around, crossed my arms, leaned against the wall, and curiously perked my ears. He looked so pensive so humble. He continued, Do you know why I question God? I said a quick, quiet no. He continued, 
because I think life is unfair. God is unfair for giving us just one chance, and I wish I had a second chance at being a father for my daughters. I was speechless. I just said, oh, and awkwardly turned around and left. I closed the door to my room and wept. The courage that it took to say such words, the immense openness to healing, to change, most of all to taking responsibility, left me absolutely speechless. And to this day, I've met no one like this man. So after that, I stopped praying. I stopped fasting, I stopped wearing the full hijab, I stopped doing anything related to the religious bond between us. And finally washed my hands clean of all religion once and for all. I was ready to move out and become independent again, but this time a very different, very genuine independent. Dad asked me right before I moved out, Hoda, I noticed you stopped all your prayers and practices. And I responded, yes, I have. He put his hands in the air as though in surrender and said, hey, you know what you're doing, Hoda, and I trust you. Wow. <laughs> what a long, difficult, painful journey of healing a father-daughter relationship. And that is just one zoomed in sequence of the movie of the father-daughter relationship that my father and I have gone through our whole lives. Someone would say to me later, Hoda, I don't want to put my dad or myself through all that for my healing. Well, good news. You don't need to. I had to because I was being trained by life to experience the no-nos, the mistakes, taking the long, tortuous path in order to understand what does work and in order to find the sacred keys to healing without such a hefty pay. Which is why you and I are here to begin with. So now over to you. Let's ask and answer 10 important questions about your relationship with your father or father figure. There are no neutral answers. Your answers will be a stark no or a soft no, a stark yes, or a soft yes. Number one, are you on speaking terms with your father? Number two, do you feel peace in his presence? Number three, is there a sense of trust between you? Number four, do you feel loved by your father? Number five, do you feel supported by your father? Number six, do you feel heard by your father? Number seven, do you feel compassion for him despite all the disagreements and the differences in worldviews between you? Number eight, do you feel you can get along and check in on each other from a place of joy and peace despite the differences? Number nine, do you have closure with this person? And finally, number 10, do you lead the life of your making in joy, satisfaction, and confidence 
even though it's not what he wished for your life to look like. If you answered no to just half of these questions, there might be room for either further healing or some deep healing. I myself have gone from, oh God, please don't expect me to hug you back, dad, it's too weird, to come here, old man, your crazy daughter wants to hug you and peck you on your prickly cheeks. (laughs) Today, I know how to be with my father and how to treat him, and he knows my boundaries, and we mutually respect each other. This is a meeting halfway. It's a coming together of two adults aware that we're different and that we need not see eye to eye on everything, that we need not go into certain topics, that we just keep it limited to the topics that do bring the both of us joy. And the only way to do this is to get the closure in your own inner world, to do the healing, to release the deep unconscious desire for your parent to understand you, to get to know you perfectly, to give you validation, to accept you 100% exactly as you choose to be. And that comes with inner healing. Because if you don't arrive at inner closure, some funky stuff is broomed under the rug and we all know what happens to what you resist. It persists and even grows. So add one more question to that list. Do you blow up in rage at one or both parents? best look at that because that's exactly what's being avoided in order to keep the quote-unquote peace my dear darling peace cannot be pretended or forced peace flows naturally when the stuff in the closet has been brought out into the light the good news is that neither you nor your parent has to land in the hospital all you simply need to do is to do the work in your unconscious mind and watch it affect your outer world, your physical reality. Then you simply add in nonviolent communication, which is a topic for a future podcast. I've done it the difficult way because I was meant to train and understand this truth so that I could pass it on to you, my friend, so that I could create a blueprint for you to follow in easier, non-overwhelming steps that end in joy and celebration. None of my clients go through any of the above mentioned. (laughs) They simply do the work within and watch its magic unfold without. Trust the process of your unconscious mind and know that there is nothing, no wound too deep to heal. You are here to do the work, my friend, so that you can claim the life that is truly and genuinely yours and then be authentic. And in that authenticity, you will be blessed. You will thrive. You will be most at home with yourself, most happy and joyful. You will make of the life that you have a paradise of sorts. Your father wouldn't have wanted it any other way. He doesn't want you to be in pain because he knows pain all too well himself. He's just never known how to stop the faucet of pain in his own inner world. Try to understand that. Now, I know that understanding that isn't just about deciding to understand it. It's a journey. And you can begin this journey by first setting the intention to. You can also take a short and sweet six-day course called Who Am I? 
which is a money-back guarantee course for those of you who are dealing with unresolved relationships from the past or present. That's with your mom, dad, a sibling, and or, most importantly, where it shows most, your romantic relationships. If you keep repeating some patterns in your relationships that aren't serving you, it's time to set the intention to get to know yourself a lot better. And who am I is going to help you do just that. If you prefer to have a chat directly with myself for some clarity, simply book yourself a free clarity call at the link provided. I trust that this sacred story has touched, inspired or instilled some healing in your inner world. And I cannot wait to serve you with the next episode of Love Your Falva on some of the patterns we pick up as a result of experiencing the father wound and how to learn to let go of them. Until next time, love and light, healing, self-knowledge, empowerment, and balance your way.